Happy Monday, everyone. Candace Eisner here with you again this week. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about niching in the real world. Like, why do we even care? Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Can you believe that it is the last day of July, or at least that's the date that I'm releasing this podcast episode? Maybe you're listening to it later. But yeah, I I can't believe where the summer has gone, really. I'm kind of sitting here staring at my window going like, wow, time really flew. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but uh, I certainly feel that way. Like, I kind of feel like Christmas is around the corner, even though it's not really. I know some of you are probably like throwing things at your screen like now, like, don't say that. Shut up. It's still summer. And it is still summer. You're absolutely right. Maybe I should get out and enjoy it a bit more instead of talking about Christmas. Let's just say, you know, I'm not even a big Christmas fan. That's what's so hilarious about it. You know, I mean, I like I don't hate Christmas or something. It's just I'm not like big into Christmas. I don't like decorate my whole house or anything like that. I know some of you out there do. Uh, I have, you know, clients who love Christmas. It's like their favorite thing. Anyway, I'm totally going off on a tangent, aren't I? So let's talk about, uh, let's let's bring this back to our topic of the week. So let's talk about niching in the real world. And like, why, why am I talking about niching? So first off, so yeah, you know, I've talked quite a bit about it and, and specializing. So that's what really niching is, specializing as a massage therapist or whatever you do. With all these episodes, I do talk with massage therapists in mind. But if you work in another healthcare profession or you work in fitness or something, you know, wellness related, usually a lot of this stuff applies to you too. So so you don't need to just shut it off and go, well, this doesn't apply to me. No, it, it, it applies to you, especially this episode on, on niching. It, apply, it applies to every career, really. But yeah, you know, I've I've talked about my own story with niching. That was a few weeks back. I did an episode on niching last year. I think I called it Be Special. But let's talk about it again from a little bit of a different angle because I've kind of got a different, I'm not going to say mindset, but I've got another view to share with you that might help you with trying to figure out this whole niching thing and like why it's important and why you might want to do it. So first, yeah, what the heck is a niche? Well, what we're talking about with marketing, because niche is actually a word used many places. Um, I Some of you may know this, but my first schooling, um, that is like post-secondary, was a degree in uh, biology and geography with a focus sort of environmentalism. And uh, a niche has a specific um, definition in biology, right? But let's talk about the marketing niche, because really that's what we're talking about here. So a niche is a group of people who share common traits and interests and needs. So that's not a dictionary definition per se. That's just sort of my way of wording it for you guys. So it's not a physical thing that exists in society. It's not like you can like go out there and like pick up an object and go, this is a niche. Like it doesn't work that way. It's it's one of those things that we've just kind of made up conceptually. It's something that we share in our common language it's not something that actually literally physically exists, you know, when we examine those traits and interests and needs of people. So looking at niching that way might help you be clear about exactly who your services are for. Because 
a tendency I tend to see with people who are trying to choose a niche is they try to keep things really broad because, you know, small business owners, and I am this way sometimes too, we get nervous about cutting off too many possibilities. Like, oh my God, if I, if I draw the line in the sand too, too short, well, what, well, like what, what if my practice goes under? What if nobody starts seeing me? What if everybody thinks that they can't because like I'm being super, super, super specific? Well, the thing about choosing a niche, believe it or not, is it actually helps fill your appointment book faster. I did talk about this when I talked about my own story with niching, but let's talk about the basics right now. So think about what people do when they're looking for a specific service. So let's talk about massage therapists since that's what we usually do on the podcast. So say you're searching for an RMT, what do you do? Do you just search Google for RMT and hit enter and hope for the best? Probably not, right? Most people don't do that. They're they're looking for something more specific than that. So they might search for RMT downtown Toronto if they're if they want to be kind of broad. They might search for RMT prenatal massage Vancouver if they're in Vancouver and they're pregnant. Or they might search for massage therapy sports injury Ottawa if they're if they have a sports injury and they're in Ottawa. Those are just examples. But you're seeing here that they're looking for something a little bit more specific than simply RMT right? But the thing is, when they do that search, really, that just gets them onto your website or your listing. And yes, some people will just call the first person that comes up because really to them, they don't really care about building a relationship with a specific RMT. They just care about getting in to see someone ASAP. And if that's the way they are, that's fine. But those are not necessarily the people you want to be really focusing in on Sure, you know, they, they do, it's great. It's great to see different people and different clients. And, you know, yes, it is income for you. you. You know, let's be realistic here. But those are not your peeps. You know, I've talked about finding your peeps, the importance of finding your peeps. So those are not your peeps. Those are just people who are wanting to book like a last minute appointment. So, but yeah, once people land on your website through doing whatever Google search or, you know, because you came up on an ad that you placed or you came up on social media or whatever it is, once they land on your website, they need to determine if they want to book with you. And you know what's going to help them decide? Well, if you clearly show how you can help them with the reasons they're seeking treatment in the first place, they are going to be that much more likely to pick up the phone or send you an email or click that button that says book now online, right? So if they land on the website of a generalist, that is an RMT who doesn't have really a specific focus, well, they might be kind of hesitant. They might go like, is this person the right fit for me? Like they seem perfectly nice, but is this who I actually want to book with? And so they might be kind of waffling and that's not what you want. You want people to know pretty much right away, hey, this is the person for me. Click, let's book an appointment. Done. Right? That's so much better for you. Because if they land on the website of someone who's chosen the focus area and the focus area exactly matches what they need, like a pregnant woman looking for pregnancy massage or a person with a sports injury needing therapy for it, landing on the website of somebody who focuses on athletes and sports injuries, or someone who has chronic fatigue syndrome and lands on a website of somebody who specifically says they understand chronic fatigue and they treat people regularly and that is a big part of their practice. Well, that just makes their decision process that much easier. They know that you do exactly what they need. So they're going to call you. Done and done, right? So if they see you 
and you're good at what you do. They are going to tell others who are looking for similar services all about you. And they might even tell people who aren't looking for similar services all about you. So that's the thing. Even though you have a focus area, it still allows the door to be open for other people to book with you. So that's why I'm saying choosing a niche doesn't just cut off all of the other possibilities. It really doesn't. Because if you're good at what you do, people are going to want all of their friends and family to come see you regardless of, you know, like, you, do you see people other than pregnant women? Because my husband would really like to come in and see you. I used to get that all the time. And I would say, yeah, of course. Yeah, book him an appointment. No problem. You know, or, or my wife, not trying to be, you know, heteronormative here. You know, some of the, I did have a few like that. Yeah, like, my wife would really come to see you, but she's not pregnant. Is that okay? Of course it's okay. Yeah, I'd love to see her. I'd love to meet her. She sounds great. So yeah, that's the thing. You don't need to worry about cutting things off. Things will just naturally happen like that. And yes, Certainly a generalist can build a vibrant practice. I am not saying that it's impossible. Some of you out there listening might be going like, well, I'm a generalist. I didn't choose a niche and I have quite a few clients. I'm doing well. Yeah, you're right. You can do well as a generalist. That's that's fine. But what ends up happening sometimes is it often takes longer to get people in the door because they have that analysis paralysis thing I talked about. People will have lots of practitioners to choose from who are generalists and they'll have a really hard time picking which one's the right one for them. So over time, you're going to get results because you're going to have clients refer others to you. Again, it has to do with if you're good at what you do, people will refer people to you. But still, if you choose a niche and market hard to that group of people in your niche, you're going to have more new clients coming in more quickly and therefore that process of the referrals and the network and all of that will be that much faster because pe- the new people know right away whether or not you're a good match for them or at least you know they have a really good sense of it. Maybe personalities will clash. I'm not saying like it's a perfect scenario. It never is, but it helps a lot. It certainly helps a lot choosing a niche. So maybe I've convinced you to at least think about choosing a niche or maybe you're like, no, I'm fully on board. Let's let's do this. Well, how do you do it and how do you get specific enough? So do you just start looking through the various techniques, techniques and modalities that you can do and you or that maybe you'd like to learn and choose one that fits fits you like that's that's perfect. That's just the kind of thing that you like to do. Or do you start looking at segments of the population? You try to pick something that works like, well, I'd like to see younger people. So I'm going to really market hard to sort of 20 to 40 year olds. Well, okay, you know, you could start with either of those. And I'm not saying that would be a wrong way to start trying to figure out, you know, pare down what your niche is. But it seems a little arbitrary, doesn't it? You know, well, what I suggest is this. This is this is something that just occurred to me recently, and I think it might be helpful for you guys. So the first thing you do is ignore like modalities, ignore all this educational stuff, ignore all those other factors. Just think to yourself, what do you actually enjoy doing as a massage therapist or whatever it is you do? You know, don't say, well, I enjoy doing Thai massage. Well, that might be part of it. But like, what is it you like about doing Thai massage? Is it the people that you're seeing? Is it the, is it actually the fact that it's a different type of technique than Swedish massage, which is sort of the standard stuff taught here in Ontario or in Canada in general? You know, wh- what is it that really speaks to you about it? It can't simply be that, oh, I like Thai massage because it's Thai massage. Like, come on, there's got to be a deeper reason than that. Be honest with yourself. 
what styles of treatment really are you good at? That's, you know, another thing to look at. It it doesn't, it's not just about sort of, uh, you know, what what's popular or what's cool, you know, what you might want to learn based on the fact that a lot of people are, seem to be into it. Like, well, no, like, what are you really good at? Not just technique wise, but like, what client populations do you find that you click with all the time? Or what types of people do you just get along with so well, you kind of wish that you could be friends with them outside of your professional relationship because you like them so much. So those are places to start. Like, look at that stuff, do some brainstorming, mind mapping, whatever you want to do. And just like, think like, what is right for me? What's the good fit? What am I passionate about? What do I love about my job? You know, or as or my career as a massage therapist? What sticks? And then take the definition of sorts I gave you at the beginning where I'm talking about what a niche is and work it into what your sort of mind map or what your brainstorm came up with. So that definition again was that a niche is a group of people who share common traits, interests, and needs. So let's take an easy example first. Let's talk about sports massage. So let's say you've decided you'd like to focus on treating athletes because you enjoy working with them. And, you know, you've learned a number of techniques that are helpful for treating sports injuries and preventing them, of course. And, you know, you've got personal experience because you're a runner and a yogi and you sort of speak the common language with people who are athletes. And also you love treating weekend warriors, regular folks who just like playing tennis. You'd be, you'd be happy to treat endorsed athletes. If you had the chance to treat like NBA or NHL players, you'd be super excited about that. Whatever. You just love treating athletes. That is your, that's your jam, as they say. So let's look at that fairly broad group of people because you've, you've included a lot. You've included everything from like the person who like throws on their running shoes and goes for 5k on the weekend to like people who literally get paid to play sports. So let's look at that group and think about what that niche is. So common traits, interests, and needs of these people are And it doesn't necessarily mean they all have exactly these things, but this is the commonalities. This is just my brainstorm about this. So they have an interest in fitness and health. They tend to want to know more about nutrition and helping their bodies function at their best because that helps them play their sport or do their game or whatever it is they're into. They have soreness due to working out, you know, that's going to happen. And also they tend to be prone to injury. So a side note here. Because you might be thinking, well, no, like not all athletes are prone to injury. Yeah, they are. (laughs) I've been coached by high level level athletes in my personal life. And trust me, no one is free from injury. It happens. Everybody's got their stories. It goes with the territory of working out like that, at that level, working out that hard. It's just the way it is. They're prone to injuries from whatever overuse or strains or whatever is going on. And speaking of that, actually, um, another common thing with athletes of all types, whether they're the, you know, 5K runner or the professional or anything in between is you have war stories of what it's like training that hard. It's again, it's a common language thing. Another thing that is really common is that they don't want to hear, oh, you should stop doing that. Because trust me, as a runner and someone who does acrobatics as like a an am- total amateur, just a student, if an RMT told me I needed to stop running or whatever because of the tightness it's causing me, I'd be like basically like, F that, I'm not listening to that. Unless it's going to actually injure me so badly that I can't walk or like live my life, 
because of pain and dysfunction, I'm really not interested in hearing, don't do that. I'm interested in hearing, how can you help me get better so I can get back in the game? And my fellow amateur athletes and weekend warriors, most of us are the same. And the pros, of course, it's their job to train hard. So they really don't want to hear, well, maybe you should stop. Unless, again, it's to the point where, like, they're seriously going to damage their body permanently and not be able to function. That's different. So... Don't say that if you're going to work on athletes. You need to realize that these people are working their bodies hard and they're going to keep coming back to you with injuries or strains or things going on. And that is part and parcel of being an athlete. Another thing about athletes or people, again, you know, whether you're amateur, pro, whatever, um, you tend to plan parts of your life around your training. Like, for example, they make time to train hard. They book trips that involve races or games or like kayaking, you know, or whatever their sport might be. So, yeah, you know, that is a big part of their life. So that's, again, you know, part of that common language with them, things to talk about, but also things to like kind of be aware of. They also tend to be regular clients, which is really great because they need regular treatment to keep them going. Like any professional athlete I know, if they're in like a big training, like they're doing a lot of training, they are seeing either massage therapy, athletic therapy, or physios on the regular. If they're not, they're constantly complaining that like their injuries aren't getting any better. And, you know, (laughs) usually the first thing the rest of us will say is like, well, are you seeing somebody to get some help? And sometimes they go, no. And yeah, so that's the good thing is that like they tend to become regular clients if you're if you're good, like if you're helping them with their needs, then they tend to become regulars because they need it. And most importantly, they believe massage therapy can help them. So take that list, you know, because it's going to help you as you think about what to say in your marketing materials, right? Because that's what niching is really about. I mean, yes, it's about seeing clients that are the best fit for you, what makes you happy in your practice, what's going to make you build a vibrant practice that's really right fit for you. But the reason why we look at niching is because it's about marketing. So you look at that list and you say to yourself, well, okay, on my website, newsletter, blog posts, postcards, whatever I'm creating, what am I going to say that's going to appeal to people that think the way that I just, all those things that I just listed? Because it's not just about, well, I play sports and work out, you know, that's, well, that's great and all. But it's those common interests and ways of thinking and behaving that really draw people into you. You know, yeah, a runner is going to be different from a tennis player. And both of those are going to be different from somebody who's a bodybuilder in certain ways. But overall, they're all going to have things in common, even if like the way they apply the ideas are a little different, you know. And they're going to have a little bit of a different language. But there's also going to be a lot of shared language as well, right? And so if you're using that shared language, it's going to make them that much more comfortable booking an appointment with you because they're going to see that you get it. It's a reassurance. They're not going to have to explain everything to you because you you get it. You're not going to be that person to tell them, oh, well, you should give up your sport because it's causing you so much tightness. No, like they're, they're, they don't want to hear that. So don't say it, right? So let's talk about that last thing for a second, the believes massage therapy can help them part, because that's actually really important. And again, you know, if you do something else, believes physiotherapy can help them, believes athletic therapy can help them, believes chiropractic can help them, whatever it is. That last one's really important when you're doing your marketing or like meeting people in like networking situations, because let's be real here, not every person who works out or is an athlete or participates in sports is going to be interested in coming to see you. And it's not just because they already have like a massage therapist or whatever. Um, 
It might be simply because they just don't, they're not into it. They just don't believe that it can help them. And so if they're really drawing that hard line, don't worry about converting people. Like I know for some therapists, they feel like they kind of have to, like they feel like it's kind of their duty to try and convert people. But if somebody's just not interested at all, like they don't, they just show any interest whatsoever in it, just just drop it. Don't don't bother trying to convert them if they're super skeptical. If they aren't, like if, if they are interested, like they've never seen a massage therapist, but you know, they're like, well, maybe. Absolutely. Talk to those people. Like tell them all about what you can do and how you can help them and reassure them and all those things. Maybe you will get a new client out of it and maybe somebody will start getting some help for some injuries that they've got going on. It's win-win, right? But the people who are skeptical and they just look at you like, you know, that's great that you're a massage therapist, but I'm so not interested in getting massage. That's fine. Leave that, leave that go. You don't have to convert those people. Because there's plenty of people out there in the world who would love to see you. So focus on those ones. That's it, really. That's it about niching for this, this particular podcast. I know I talk about it a fair bit because it's something that I just see people really having a hard time with in healthcare and, you know, in, in professions in general, you know, self-employed people in general. They, they tend to think, again, like I said, that you have to stay general in order to get the clients in the door. And that's just not really true. So think about it, you know, for yourself. Work through that exercise I just talked about. Let me know how it goes, actually. And, you know, let, let me know because it, it helps me when I'm looking at my own niching. Um, and I, I'd love to hear how it's helping you. So again, you know, my email address, as I tell you guys, is candice at nixie.ca, C-A-N-D-I-C-E at N-Y-X-I-E dot C-A. Hey guys, I am so happy to be back with you for the summer. Um, I will be doing a weekly podcast for most of the summer at least. I'm playing around a little bit with the format of the podcast. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to revert to doing seasons or just keep doing sort of a weekly podcast with a break here and there. But, uh, you know, regardless, I am really appreciative of you guys supporting me, listening to this week after week after week. If you have any questions at all for me about running a successful massage therapy or related healthcare practice, if you have ideas for the podcast or whatever, I am always open to you. Candice, C-A-N-D-I-C-E at Nixie, N-Y-X-I-E dot C-A is my email address or you can find me on social media. Also, as always, I do appreciate you giving me a rating over on iTunes. That helps other people find this podcast or, you know, promoting it on social media for me. I also appreciate that as well. So, yeah, hopefully you guys are happy having a great summer so far and I'll be back with you next week. <laughs>